Welcome in to Blitz and Buckets. As always, my name is Kane Schwartz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Jaden Kozak. How you doing, my guy? Doing good, doing good. Excited. Yeah, man. So I hinted at it in the Instagram post recently for our recent episode. We are doing a fantasy football episode today, and we're going to be diving into some of the strategy we're looking to do and some of our targets in certain rounds. We figured this is the perfect time for it because it's the last week of August and we got early September and that's pro- that's more more or less prime time draft time. So and we we also want to come out with it just to, you know, put our put our opinions out there before the year starts and see how those kind of kind of develop and we could take a look at the end of the year. So how those opinions develop and how our players, our guys develop. So it'll be a good time. It'll be a good time. So with that, let's dive right into it. What do you say? All right. So in the first round of your 2021-22 fantasy football drafts, we're going to assume we're going to operate under the assumption that it's a PPR 10-team league. But – I mean, all of these numbers are general and the locations that the guys are getting drafted are general. So it's not going to make too much of a difference. So in the first two picks of your draft, if you were lucky enough to end up with the number one or number two pick overall in the first round, I don't think there's much debate between me and you or anybody else that has some sort of a brain in the fantasy football community. And this is the high end RB1, no doubter tier. And I want to mention that we're going to be going through tiers that we, me and Jaden have personally ranked all of the players, specifically running backs and wide receivers because tight ends and quarterbacks is pretty straightforward, but we'll mention it. But we're going to go over our tiers throughout this episode and compare them and where you should be drafting these guys and these tiers in certain situations or locations. So anyway, not much of a debate. First two picks. You got Christian McCaffrey. Kind of banged up last year. And didn't I mean, kind of is kind of an understatement, but he was definitely banged up last year. But in the games that he did play, I mean, it's obvious the talent and the year before he was Mr. Fantasy MVP, no doubter. So CMC one out of one. And then you got with the number two pick, we recommend you go Dalvin Cook. And these two guys are in a tier by themselves. And I think it's pretty clear that CMC goes before Dalvin, don't you think? Yeah, I I mean I'm it's pretty much chalk. I know there were some people, you know, maybe at the like beginning when people started thinking about fantasy again, maybe like, uh, oh, McCaffrey was hurt last year, he's coming off the injury, but once things really started to ramp up, I haven't seen any talk about Dalvin going number 1 pretty much in any league. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. But he's definitely going in that number 2 slot. So, if you're going to get one of those guys, there's no questions there. Like, CMC before, like, I had somewhat of an injury concern coming into this year, but he's never, besides last year, he had never missed a practice. Yeah. yeah. Ever. And I did not know that. And once I read that, I was like, okay, well, <laughs> can't argue with that. Number one out of four. Oh, yeah. So, after the first two picks, obvious chalk, you got the next level, the next tier of running backs that you're looking at because running back depth in fantasy overall. And if you're a new timer to fantasy, 
this is how it works. Like running backs are first round targets. You generally want to go with a top tier running back because the depth of running back, because a lot of teams operate with a two man committee and maybe even a three man committee or the starter is not clear or there's injury concerns. Like you have to, you have to have a running back, like a solid numero uno running back. And you get into the next tier running backs here with the next four picks. And these are our high end RB ones with questions. And I think we were in unison there. So I've got Kamara, Alvin Kamara. I've got Derrick Henry. I've got Ezekiel Elliott and I've got Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Any difference that's, that's there? That's my four. That's my four. I've got Henry in front of Kamara and Saquon in front of Zeke, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's my four. Okay, so if we're going, if we're doing rankings, which I didn't, yeah, I agree. I put Henry above Kamara, and I would even put Zeke above Kamara. Really? Yeah. To be completely honest, let's let's dive into Kamara because that's a debate that we can get into. So, my concern with Alvin Kamara is obviously he's a monster, and with Drew Brees, he was an absolute fantasy monster. You could, if Drew Brees were prime Drew Brees this year, or at least Drew Brees when he was throwing to Alvin Kamara in his prime, I think you put him in that same tier with CMC and Dalvin. Yeah. But Drew Brees is out of town. He's retired. So there's new quarterback questions about Kamara. And in the four weeks that Drew Brees was out last year with an injury, or multiple injuries, he had like, like four different yeah exactly like you got into a car accident (laughs) jesus christ but anyway in the four weeks that drew Brees was out last year which was weeks 11 to 14 alvin kamara caught two passes or less in three of those four weeks and he didn't even have a receiving touchdown which is very very against alvin kamara and this concerns me a lot so on a scale from one to ten Let's both give our concerns about Alvin Kamara real quickly. I'm going to say my concern level is pretty damn high, dude. It's like probably a six or a seven yeah. with the new quarterback there. I'd say like, I'd say like confident. Let's say I'm picking him at three because all these players, you know, after those two, all these players have maybe not so much Saquon and Zeke have consideration to be picked at three. If I'm picking him at three, I feel a little worried because yes, what you are saying is right about breeze. And you know, a lot of what that offense was made was off of him being so precise with timing and everything. And that was able to get Kamara a lot of targets, but he's still now, especially with Michael Thomas, not there for at least five to six weeks. Kamara is the only offensive weapon on that team. He he's going to get a lot of targets. They're going to try and let him get the ball and do what Kamara can do. It's not like a Zeke situation where if Amari Cooper goes down or a Derrick Henry situation where if A.J. Brown goes down, there are other weapons still there. The best wide receiver on the team outside of Alvin Kamara, no one really even knows. Traquan Smith, Callaway, no one knows who the best receiver wow, on the team is. Wow, not even going to mention Michael Thomas? No, if, or if Thomas is gone, I'm saying, like, okay. if Thomas is gone, nobody is even worried about anybody else on that team. It's just Kamara. So I think he's going to get a lot of targets early in the year because they, they definitely have figured out the J, the Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, whoever's starting a quarterback, they figured out how to get Kamara involved by now. I think it yeah. was kind of weird 
in the middle of the season last year because you had no idea that Drew Brees was going to go, and then now right. you got to change your offense around Jameis Winston. But they especially with out, a guy like Taysom Hill, you know, yeah, who's not his first strength might not even be throwing the ball. Yeah, I don't think. And that's I'm, even I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm not saying that Kamara goes without concern, but he was number one last year. In so one to points, ten, probably like a probably like a four or five. Four or five. All right. Respectable. Respectable. All right. Well, let's get into the guy that we both have ranked ahead of Alvin Kamara, and that is Mr. Derrick Henry. And as far as concerns, there's only one, and it's his durability. Like, he doesn't get injured, but I guess durability is a bad word. It's can he sustain this kind of production? Because the guy's 27 years old. That's the wrong side of 25 as far as a running back goes. And I know I'm picking hairs here. I know, I know. And it's not a huge concern. I'm personally, I'm not concerned about it, but a lot of people say, I mean, he's on the wrong side of 25 and running backs don't usually he's creeping towards 30 and there's not a lot of running backs to play till they're 30 and, or at least put up some sort of production when they're getting up there. So what are your thoughts? I mean, my concern is completely flipped. In fact, really? I think the fact that I think like I remember thinking like, man, I would really like to trade for Derrick Henry simply off the fact of, that I feel like no one can hurt him. <laughs> like there's no way that anyone like he doesn't make fast cuts. He doesn't, you know, mess around with his knees a lot. So he's not going to, you know, tear something. He just That's runs true. straight ahead and no one can tackle him. They would literally have to like get his leg or his arm at a super bad angle and just snap it in half. No, I but agree with you. I agree with you. I, my, my question is a, he's a zero in the receiving game. I doubt he even had 10 targets all season last year. Agreed. Just, um, is that it? That's your, well, that's that, your major concern. That and the fact that he finished his RB three last year. And he had 2,000 rushing yards, which has only been done, what, seven times? Like, right. for, him to, for him to reach RB1 potential, he would have to have two consecutive 2,000-yard seasons. Oh, he's been an RB1 without getting the receiving production before. Like, without getting 2,000 yards. Well, no, yards, he's, he's definitely an RB1, but, like, as far as concern of, like, as far as thinking, Comparing it to last could, he, could he finish as the best running back in fantasy? Right. Like okay. I just I can't see that happening with that with like the whole thing of a not being able to catch the ball. And like he finishes the third best running back last year and had one of the best seasons by a running back ever. Mm-hmm. Right. So like he's never going to get those catches. And I feel like, you know, some of the guys like Kamara, Saquon, even Zeke, you know, those guys do get a lot more targets than Derrick Henry. Right. And especially in a PPR format. You're looking like standard league. Go go at it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Derrick Henry is arguably your first pick in a standard league. Right. Like you could you could definitely make an argument for that. It's just mm-hmm. what McCaffrey and Dalvin do in the passing game that makes them so much better than Derrick Henry. Right. Right. All right. Well, I definitely agree there. Let's hop into the Zeke talk. And you mentioned that you had Saquon above Zeke or below Zeke. I had him above Zeke. Okay. Okay, well, let's dive into Zeke real quick because I have Zeke placed above Saquon. And I was actually 
in a situation where I could have taken Saquon or I could have taken Zeke. And I took Zeke because I think Zeke out of anybody on this list besides Derrick Henry, I actually like Zeke better than Kamara. I took Zeke over Kamara in the sleeper draft that we recently were in. I took Zeke over Kamara. And that is just because I have such concern about Kamara and I don't have much concern about Zeke at all. Now, hear me out. I know the struggles last year finished with less than a thousand yards and for only the second time in his career. And he finished with less than 10 touchdowns at six, but you got to think no Dak. So you don't have the passing production or the receiving production that you usually get at Zeke. And I mean, you're going to load the box against the Cowboys team that doesn't have Dak, you know, and that's what they did. Not to mention the O-line struggles that they had. I mean, their injuries on the O-line were terrible. Like, it was happening all year. So, that's just – and despite all that, he almost finishes with 1,000 yards and he finished with six touchdowns. So, on a terrible Cowboys team, that's pretty solid. And this year, all of those concerns are gone. All of those concerns are gone. And there's no reason to believe – that Zeke won't be able to put up the same production that he did before last year. What are your thoughts? So part, so I actually in a league that I took Eckler over Zeke, like I, there was a point where I was like, I was like way down on Zeke. Like I was like, uh, -uh. he fell. I'm pretty sure he fell to 13 or 14 in our first draft. Like I was not there on Zeke because I think part of it is because at one point I had him last year and couldn't move him for anything. So I just created this like hatred of like, I will never have this player on my roster ever again. And, you know, then I started looking at his numbers and he was what RB three averaging like 20 points per game last year when Dak was playing those five games. So then I start to come around a little bit. So, yeah, I get it. If you put Zeke in front of Saquon, I totally understand. I personally think that, Saquon plays 16 games this year and I think that he is the most talented back in the league and he will be able to I mean Kenny Galladay is nice but you're going to give the ball to Saquon if you can he's going to get probably 20 touches a game he's going to be one of the few guys that does and I I just think he produces more than Zeke because I also think that you know you just gave Dak 160 million dollars and this brand new shiny receiving core you want to see what you have in Michael Gallup before you let him go this offseason, you want to see what you have in CD Lamb. You know, maybe you do want to let go of Amari Cooper for a hide for like a first or second round pick and re-sign Gallup and just go with Gallup and CD moving forward. And you kind of want to test that out because this team is going to want to win the Super Bowl this year when you paid Dak that kind of money and their defense is not very good. So that doesn't really lead to a lot of running the ball. You're going to want to try and outscore the other team if your defense is letting up that many points. All good points. All good points. And I agree with you. But despite wanting to see what you get out of Gallup and having that receiving core and having Dak possibly going for the most passing yards in the league this year, possibly even going. I heard the other day that he might go for 6,000 with the new games this year. So, yeah, that'd be ridiculous. But I think despite that, he's going to get his work. It's sick because they can't. All right. 
All right, with that, let's dive into Saquon. And the only concerns there or the questions there are the injury concerns. And especially with not that much of an improved offensive line and just a struggling Giants team in general, you look at Saquon and you have your concerns. You have your concerns. And he is the lowest rated running back or the lowest going running back among a lot of people, because I think the main concern is him not playing week one or week two or week three. I mean, there's not even a timetable yet for when he may return. I did so, see he played in 11 on 11s today. Yes. Yeah. As of so as well. Thursday, the 26th. So Yeah. And he said he was feeling pretty good, but yeah. it's, it just seems like it's, I don't, I'm not going to spend that kind of draft capital, like a top five pick on a guy that I know when he's on the field, he is one, like you said, arguably the most talented running back in the game, but I don't want to spend that kind of draft capital on a guy who, I mean, we don't know when he's so, going to play. I mean, it's possible that he might not even play the first five weeks or something. Like that's, like, that's a stretch, but I know, but so we the, just don't know. The question like, is at what point do you say, okay, this is too good for me to pass up on. I'm taking Saquon at this pick. I think, you know, personally, I'm taking Kamara. Well, I really do hate Kamara <laughs> this year. I, I, I have I said take... some very mean things to Alvin Kamara on Twitter because of him catching a ball down 10 with eight seconds left in week two last year that cost me a game against one of the best teams in the league. So I've said some very rude things to Alvin Kamara and the Breeze family that would <laughs> certainly get me fired. Don't from a need job. to be repeated. <laughs> certainly get me fired from a job and temporarily got me banned on Twitter. Fantasy football. Woo-hoo. That's yep. it for you, baby. Emotional involvement. But anyway, the running backs I'm taking over Saquon, CMC, Dalvin, Derrick Henry, Zeke Elliott. I don't know if I'm taking Kamara over Saquon. I don't know. Personally, like you said, I think Saquon's going to play all 16 this year. So I am taking Saquon over Kamara. I just really, really do. Yeah. I just, with a new Q, you're looking for most of that, his production from the receiving game. And we're judging that based on a Drew Brees led offense. I agree. And without Drew Brees, we saw it last year. It was terrible. And what's to say that it isn't more of the same this year? Like, I I don't understand. Like, we saw there's a sample size of what happened. And I know, I get it, the shock in the middle of the year, yada, yada, yada. But Drew Brees is a hell of a lot better than Taysom Hill and James Winston. Yeah, I suppose. But he's still running behind one of the top, what, probably eight offensive lines of football, the best tackle duo by far. Um, and Sean Payton's going to scheme him open. They, they're going to get the best. You know, they have a new offensive coordinator there though. I'm sure he likes Alvin Kamara. The offensive coordinator that you used to get Alvin involved in the game plan is now in San Francisco. In case, wait, no, not San Francisco, LA with Mr. Austin Eckler. In case anybody want to know that it's kind of, Kind of interesting, you know. But well, anyway. he's giving he's giving out signed jerseys to people that win with him 
on their team. So Mitchell made <laughs> a quick trade for him today after seeing that. Austin traded, Eckler traded, traded Mr. Ezekiel Elliott. <sighs> so. All right. Well, we've talked enough about the top tier running backs and oh, those tiers are clear between the both of us. Our rankings might be a little different, but those tiers, I mean, if you're going to take Kamara over Zeke, I'm not going to yell at you. If you're going to take Kamara over Henry, if you if you're taking any it, CMC and Dalvin, and then the rest of the guys, I'm not complaining in what order Kamara, Henry, Zeke, and Saquon yeah. are being taken. You could take any of those guys at three, and I'm not going to bat nine. So it's just preference. But let's dive into the rest of the first round, and with that, we're going to dive into our tiers right here. So what you're looking at. After these top six guys, yeah, one, two, yep, top six running backs, you're looking at your low end RB ones, like, yeah, your low end. I RB1s. had I had them listed as solid RB ones because I I feel like I know bad yeah. calling them low end, but yeah, yeah, mid to low, mid to low RB ones. Yeah, I I agree, I agree, but. You're looking at those running backs and you're looking at the top position players at other positions. You're looking at Mr. We can discuss this right now. Travis Kelsey. First let's round just, target. Yeah. Let's just yeah. get this out of the way. So tight ends will go Kelsey. Then like around later, Kittle and Waller will go probably in back-to-back picks because as soon as somebody takes one, the next person wants to take the other one. Of yep. them. And we've then, witnessed that in both drafts. Yeah. Then together. it's like Hawkinson. Andrews and Pitts are probably going to be going around the same round and then it's everyone else right everyone out like Logan Thomas Noah Fant uh Dallas Goddard Irv Smith all of those guys are in the same you can draft them all in like later like nine eighth ninth round that's fine right totally those guys agree. are all they're interchangeable right and we'll dive into more of the tight yeah. end where you're going to look for a tight end like a little later, but yeah, I like it. We got the tight end tiers out of the way. Travis is in a tier by himself. And that's the only guy that you're considering taking in the first round as far as tight ends go. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, but you're just getting, you're considering Travis Kelsey. You're considering also let's dive into it. The top tier of wide receivers, the, high-end wide receiver ones and i think we're both in consensus on who it is correct i'll go ahead with mine Devontae adams tyree kills stefan diggs deandre hopkins so i did it a little differently i personally think that Devontae adams and tyree killer are in a tier of their own wow really i think those two those two are the only players that should get first round consideration if i, I think i i agree if, with yeah that. those are the only that. players that you know because if you take Stephon Diggs, even if even in like a 12-man league, if you take Stephon Diggs as the 12th player, I'm like, mm, that's no, Stephon Diggs like that. a little like I'm a little less shocked if somebody takes Stephon Diggs at the bottom of the first in a 12 team well, league. Well, Hopkins, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Hopkins. They, yeah, Hopkins, Hopkins is where you take I Hopkins, start the yeah, obviously. But even Diggs, I'm like, eh, I'd I'd feel better if if you had 12 and one. I would just feel better if you took Diggs in the with the number one pick in the second round, just ease my mind a little bit. It'll just make me feel better. Okay. Do it for Fair my enough. sanity, please. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Well, 
you're consider. I agree with you. The only guys that you're considering at the bottom half of the first round are Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, possibly Stephon Diggs in a 12 team, but in a 10 team or an 8 team, there's no way you're touching Diggs yeah. that early. So, yeah. Also, at this point, so you're either considering Kelsey, you're either considering Hill or Adams. And if anybody was curious, as far as ADP goes, ADP for new timers, ADP stands for average draft position. And in ESPN 10 team PPR leagues, Travis Kelsey is going at six. Adams, Devontae Adams is going at seven and Tyreek Hill is going at nine. And then after those guys or in the same breath as those guys, you are also considering your low end RB ones. And I know it's painful calling them low end RB ones. Cause I, they're RB ones, you know, they're yeah, not I just the high tier. Right. Like you're happy so. walking out with one of these guys, especially if you get to bounce back again and, you know, maybe get another one of these guys or one of those yeah. right. uh, wide receivers. Agreed. Agreed. So the guys that are going around here, well, I'll go ahead with my low end running back one tier, and then we'll discuss which guys you're going to take in the first round here. So at, as low end RB ones, I have Aaron Jones, number one, Austin Ackler, number two, Nick Chubb, number three, Najee Harris, number four, Antonio Gibson, number five, Jonathan Taylor, number six. And these guys, it's a debate whether or not you throw them in the low end RB1, high end RB2 territory. But I have Joe Mixon. I have James Robinson. Now his draft stock absolutely skyrocketing after Travis Etienne is out for the year. And I've got DeAndre Swift in this category as well. So you go ahead with yours. What you so. Get? My solid RB1s, I'm probably going to change it a little bit from what I have right now. But so goes Eckler, Jones, Chubb, Gibson. I had it written or in the tier maker. I had Taylor in front of Najee, but I'm probably going to put Najee in front of Taylor. And that's those are the only guys were like, okay, I don't have a huge hole at the running back position. If I have one of these, if I if I don't walk out with one of those 12 guys like one of those six plus the six before if I don't walk out with one of those guys, I better have like two of those first five wide receiver, first six wide receivers and Kelsey. Right. That's right. the only way I'm walking out of my draft happy. If I don't have one of those guys. Right. Cause Agreed. everyone else after that, there's a reason to be like, okay, this player could end up as like a borderline flex for me at some point this year, or they're not right. going to play. You know, it's those guys are the only guys without huge, huge questions. So just to review, the guys that we're feeling comfortable at the running back one spot is Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris. Yeah. And Antonio Gibson, as much as I love the Washington football team, I don't know if I'm feeling that great about having – in a 12-teamer – Probably feeling pretty good about having Antonio Gibson as my number one. Yeah. And the way, cause a lot of people are, a lot of people agree with you and like, okay, that's a little shaky. Cause you know, they saw McKissick towards the end of the year. And I've had this battle with a friend of mine because we've had like five to six, two hour, different two hour negotiation periods, mm -hmm. trying to trade Gibby away. And like, there's a lot to like about because he did, he's a converted wide receiver. The offense, the new offensive coordinator, or new, 
new offensive coordinator or just offensive coordinator has said that he wants to carve out a CMC like role for Gibson. That means, you know, he doesn't say that if he doesn't, if he's not going to do it. Why, if he says that, that just basically tells McKissick, you don't have a role on this team anymore. And Mike Clay, who's ESPN's what second or third guy, probably behind field Yates and Matthew Barry. I mean, he does every projection. Yeah. Hot, hot take. Antonio Gibson finishes as the best running back in fantasy this year. Now that's hot. That's really hot. Yeah, that's really hot, but I think it's but possible. But he, kn- he, he knows what he's talking about. Right, 100%. So, no, it's definitely possible, especially if you carve out a CMC-like role in the Washington yeah. offense. And Fitzpatrick, he's not – it makes even more sense with Fitzpatrick at the helm because as much as I love Fitzy, he's not going to be airing it out 50 yards to Terry McLaurin like every play. Like he's yeah. not going to be airing it out to he, Curtis Samuel. He's going to be he more likely yeah. to dump it off to Gibby or Logan Thomas or like on shorter routes, you know, and Gibby's set up perfectly for that. So I do think Ryan Fitzpatrick can air it out, but that's another conversation. So we'll talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick when we get to the fantasy quarterbacks. Right. Exactly. As a one for, for your, group. for your, 25 team leagues yeah right we'll definitely exactly bringing fitzpatrick out exactly i agree i agree so all right well let's hop into the second and third round and let's start off with the strategy so your strategy i i think we have similar strategies as far as what we're looking to do in the uh, in the second and the third round so in the second round so in general there is a lack of depth at running back as i mentioned before Every single year in fantasy, there's a lack of depth at running back. But unlike other years, there's extensive, extremely extensive depth at wide receiver as far as who you feel comfortable as your wide receiver one. You know, there is a solid handful of guys that you're like, obviously you got your top tier guys, but like who you're feeling comfortable with wide receiver one is a lot more flexible than who you're feeling comfortable with running. And, and they're going like, so let's say like, you're going to be able to get, I don't know, JK Dobbins around like 30, 35 ish. You could get mm-hmm. Amari Cooper, you know, and some, you could maybe grab an Allen Robinson or somebody like that in that same area. And I'd much rather have Allen Robinson on my team than JK Dobbins. Right. Right. So our recommended strategy here at the bits and buckets podcast is, I mean, it's all dependent on where you're picking to and who's coming at. Like, if somebody falls, like yada, yada, yada. Yeah, this is all, like, basically, if the draft goes exactly according right. to ADP, this right. is probably what you should do. This, this is what we did. Correct. Correct. So, the strategy that you're looking to do is you draft another running back in the second just because of that lack of depth there. And then when you're coming back around in the third, then you take your wide receiver. So... Let's hop into some of the tiers that we're looking at and some of the guys you're looking to target in these second and third rounds as far as running backs and wide receivers go. All right, so the running backs you're looking at in the second round, as we mentioned earlier, you got Aaron Jones if he's sixth round, Austin Eckler if he's sixth round, Nick Chubb if he's sixth round, Najee Harris. But these guys are probably going to go before you come back around to that second pick. But it depends on where you are. So we mentioned earlier but Antonio Gibson. And then you're looking at guys in this second and third round range, like a Jonathan. Well, according to our strategy in the second round. So you've got Jonathan Taylor, 
You've got Joe Mixon, James Robinson, DeAndre Swift. Are we in agreement there as far as the guy? I don't know if I'm taking James Robinson or DeAndre Swift in the second round. I don't know if I'm taking Mixon in the second round. I'm Yeah, these are probably guys that I'm looking closer because if I can get – if I've got Christian McCaffrey, then, you know, maybe I pull off of going a running back again. Maybe I can right. grab Waller and a wide receiver. and Or even if I have Dalvin Cook, same thing. And then if I'm picking at three, four, five, six – I've already got one of those top guys. By that time, I roll back around at what, 17 or yeah, 18, 17, 16. Those guys are going to start dwindling off. So, you know, maybe you're picking from Gibson because people will pick wide receiver. People will pick Hopkins, Diggs. Some of those right. guys will still be, will be gone. So some of these running backs will still be available. But my like high end RB2s, I've kind of split them up there. I'd almost rather put them in two separate tiers, but in the first half of it, Joe Mixon, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Chris Carson, James Robinson, then gap JK Dobbins, David Montgomery, Deandre Swift, Miles Sanders. You're low These on Deandre prob- Swift, huh? Yeah. I'm not, it's, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel fantastic about him either. I'm definitely not taking them in the second round and feeling good about it. Oh yeah. This is this, these are probably closer to like third and fourth, like Joe Mixon, Maybe you're considering taking him early third, middle of the third, but a lot of those yeah. guys, especially starting with Dobbins on, you're probably looking at third, fourth round for those guys. Right. right. According to ADP, the guys you're looking at in the second round that are going to be available, Eckler, feel great about it. Najee, feel great about it. Gibby, feel great about it. And Mixon is also going in this category so i'm not feeling great about probably like second round probably gonna go somebody else yeah yeah probably gonna go somebody else if it's joe mixon at that point but just to give it some perspective in the third round if you're waiting till the third round to take your second running back you're looking at guys like according to adp once again clyde edwards alaire who had an extremely disappointing season last year i think there is i think there is something there post hype with clyde I do think like there's a reason why he was talked about that way. He's still talented. Just kind of give them a year to figure out how to use him. I there's talent there. He's in the best offense in the league. I think and Andy Reid running backs you, have always done very, yeah. very well. And if you can get him post hype, if you're picking him in the third round after you've already got a, like one of those top two or three running backs, plus like Calvin Ridley or Darren Waller or one of those guys, and you can grab Clyde, he has a lot of upside. There's a reason why he was being picked as high as he was last year because of that upside because of the offense. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I feel better about CEH this year than I feel. He's definitely going to finish better than he did last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in agreement there. But third-round running backs you're looking at, CEH, who I don't feel great about as my second running back, David Montgomery, also don't feel great. I feel good about David Montgomery this year, but not as my second running. I'd rather at cost have eh, – we'll get into the wide receivers in a minute. But third-round running backs, you're falling to CEH, you're falling to David Montgomery, you're falling to Miles Sanders. It's like I don't want one of those guys that's my running back twos. But like we mentioned earlier, there's extensive depth at wide receivers. So we recommend that – in a standard draft, if everything goes according to plan and according to ADP, that you take a wide receiver in the third round rather than a wide receiver in the second round. So second round wide receivers, according to ADP, 
And we'll get into our tiers after this and we'll compare. But wide receivers you're looking to get in the second round or according to ADP, these are the guys that are available. DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson. And these guys, all really solid fantasy players. You're not going to be disappointed if you draft one of these guys. But if you wait, if you just wait to the third round, listen to the guys that are sticking around according to ADP. Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, CD Lamb, Allen Robinson. And then you get into Mike Evans and Robert Woods, but I'm not feeling too great about those guys as my wide receiver ones. But Keenan, McLaurin, CD, A Rob. These are the guys that I'm targeting in the third round. If I don't get one of these guys in the third round, I'm going to be extremely I better, upset. I better have gotten a tight end. Yeah, exactly. I, if I don't get one of those wide receivers, like if I wait on wide receiver till the third round and I don't get one of those guys, I'm going to be very upset. And I'm looking, at, looking for a trade. But third round targets as far as wide receivers go, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, C.D. Lamb, Allen Robinson. Is there any disagreement there? So I kind of, so I, I said I had it Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. And then high-end wide receiver ones, I have Diggs, Hopkins, Ridley. And then as the solid wide receiver ones, I had Metcalf, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, Allen Robinson, Justin Jefferson. I'm perfectly, like, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm actually pretty high on Keenan Allen and Allen Robinson, higher than most people. Because like you just said, Allen Robinson, you're probably looking at, you know, maybe third round after, you know, guys like CD lamb, like I have Allen Robinson in front of Justin Jefferson. I have Keenan Allen in front of AJ Brown. I, wow. I really like, I really like both of those guys this year. Like I'm actually trying to get both. I want to have both of them as my two starting receivers in every league. Ideally. Allen Robinson, dude, Allen, listen, he put up numbers with Mitch. As soon as they put in fields, you know, his value it's going straight up as Justin soon as Fields is no Aaron Rodgers or a top 15 quarterback in the league. Yeah. But he, as far as throwing still Allen Robinson has finished in the top 10 with Mitchell Trubisky. What, what do you think he finishes with Justin Fields? I know, I know. And I've heard this. Uh, I, I've heard this. Like people have told me this and we, I, I'm sure we've talked about it at some point, oh, yeah. but I'm just not like Allen Robinson. I watched like, He's stuck in Chicago. Play anywhere else. Play anywhere else. Like, I, I love him. He's a top five wide receiver. But let me read you off the guys that I have in front of Allen Robinson. So high-end wide receivers ones. We did ours a little different, but I did the high-end wide receiver ones. Adams, Hill, Diggs, Hopkins. And then low-end wide receiver ones, but, like, not really low-end. Like, yeah. yeah, solid. Calvin Ridley, number one. DK Metcalf, number two, AJ Brown, number three, Keenan Allen, number four, Justin Jefferson, number five, Terry McLaurin, number six. Okay. All right. right. CeeDee Lamb, number seven. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. CeeDee Lamb, number seven. Allen Robinson, number eight. Mike Evans, number nine. You are off your ass. If if you think, okay. (laughs) Justin Jefferson's bat. Justin Jefferson. I just hate him, dude. I get an argument. I I had him on my roster last year. I hate him. I hate him. I understand a Justin Jefferson argument. There's definitely a conversation to be had. Terry McLaurin? Are you? No. And CD. Okay. Terry McLaurin? You you literally. You you literally. 
he finished with over a thousand yards. Allen Robinson did the exact same thing. Literally the exact you literally the same critique that you just had for Allen Robinson, you just praised Terry McLaurin for. Terry McLaurin's in it going into his prime right now. Allen Robinson, Robinson is in is his prime. Closer to over the hill. He's still in his prime. Terry McLaurin is he's closer, got way more way more, mm, weapon, way back more weapons. Back end of the prime. Back end of the prime. Do you that. know how crazy it has to be for me to say there's way more weapons in Washington than this team? There's more weapons on the football team than the Bears. There Dude. are no weapons in, on the football team ever. Terry McCorn, I, if we're talking about personal opinion, like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm taking, I'm definitely in a draft. I'm taking Terry McCorn and I'm taking CeeDee Lamb over an hour opposite. You are out of your mind if you take CeeDee. CeeDee Lamb isn't even the best receiver on his team. And I don't even, go ahead. Now, say no, 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 no. Go say your go say your hot take you told me the other day. Go tell me about your hot take for a Cowboys receiver. Go ahead. Oh, this was not like there's not a lot of justification, and I don't feel this strongly about it, but I would not be absolutely shocked if what was the take? Amari was Cooper it, would be the third producing receiver okay. on the team. I thought it was Gallup being the number one. And I was like, that I don't know what I was talking about. <laughs> but if, if so, okay. So the take was that Amari Cooper was the third most productive wide receiver on the team this year. Now, do I think that's going to happen? Like if I'm, if I'm throwing a hundo on it, no, I'm not going to do that. I think that Amari would, I think hands down though, I will bet my life on that CD has a better year than Amari. We're going to, we're going to, I have CD lamb. We're going to talk a trade later. We're, we're going to talk about something because you think this highly of CD lamb. I'm, I'm going to get a nice little, nice little something, something <laughs> for him. Cause oh, Jesus, geez, man, man. He, he's not even the best receiver on his team. And Allen Robinson is the best receiver on his team by a mile and a half. I just don't Darnell, like Darnell he, Mooney wouldn't even play for the Cowboys. I'm not touching a bears player. Just like I'm not except Justin Fields late round flyer. I'm not touching a Bears player, just like I won't touch an Eagles player. Bad teams, I'm not touching these players. Like, well, it's not even bad teams because I would touch plenty of guys on bad. Well, okay. I would draft. Let's not say touch. I would draft. <laughs> I would be all over. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would draft bad guys or good guys on bad teams. But as far as the Bears go, absolutely toxic. The whole system is absolutely toxic. Same thing goes for the Eagles. I'm not touching a Bears or an Eagles player with a hundred pole this season. So, if Allen Robinson finished as what the tenth best wide receiver for uh, fantasy last year with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles, with literally nowhere to go but up from there, Andy Dalton another, can't be worse. He's another year older. It's like, eh. so I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we got to move on. We got to move on. But. Our points have been made clear as far as what we are looking for in the second and the third round. But I do want to mention that if you want to take one of the top tier quarterbacks, well, let's just do this real quick. Let's get this out of the way. Patty Mahomes is in a tier by himself. Agree or disagree? I pretty much agree. I wouldn't take him like, because in a couple of drafts that we've done, and I even did this and I hated myself for doing it. Like, 
taking Pat Mahomes like a round or two before any other quarterback goes, I feel like you're kind of pushing it. Like I'd much rather have, you know, let's say, let's say, let's say you pick Pat Mahomes in the third round and Josh Allen's going in the fifth round or something like something crazy or Kyler Murray. I'd much rather have Kyler Murray and a third round receiver than. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. And, but I'm like, just saying, if you want one of these top quarterbacks, then you, or if you want Patrick Mahomes, you have to take him in the second round. I, that is not our recommended strategy at all. I would much rather prefer getting a really solid quarterback who's not going to finish that much lower than him. Yeah. Like four or five, six rounds later, much rather do that. And it's a lot smarter, but if you're looking to get Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Like let's say you're doing a super flex league or something like that. Patrick Mahomes should be, I mean, in any league, but let's, you're going to value him a lot higher, but we don't really have time nor the knowledge to talk about super flex leagues, but um, Patrick Mahomes should be the first quarterback taken off the board hundred percent of the time. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. But if you want to take him, he's going to go in the second or maybe possibly the third round, but he's going to go in one of those two rounds. So if you are a Patrick Mahomes lover and diehard, then you've got to go second or third round for him. And if you also, as far as second and third round goes, want a guy like Josh Allen, then he is going, according to ADP, at the top of the third. So you have to go Josh Allen in the third. And Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray's going to fall. Like I've seen, Kyler I've seen Murray quarterbacks have been falling decent. in general for me. Like every draft that I've done, like Mahomes, the first draft we did, I think he went like 37, something mm-hmm. like that. Like quarterbacks are falling just because like, unless you're in a 12 man league, there's a solid quarterback for everybody. Right. Like you can get, you can get Justin Herbert's or Justin Herbert, or even like Tannehill in like the 10th, 11th round. And he very well could be the same, put up the same production as a Josh Allen who you get in the fourth round. Like I, that's why I've been picking quarterbacks later. Mm -hmm. No, I always pick quarterbacks later. Yeah, that's my general rule of thumb, because the discount that you can get like a five or six round difference between, for example, a Dak Prescott and a Patrick Mahomes, that's like it doesn't make sense. You know, like I would rather much, much, much rather than take a Dak Prescott in the seventh or the sixth than take Patty in the second. So but. If you want to get these top tier quarterbacks, Patty, Josh Allen, and I started to mention it, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, as far as ADP goes, it goes, it's going at the bottom of the third, but I've seen him fall even deeper. So you could wait longer on him. But if you want Josh Allen and you want Patty, it's safe to say that you should take them in either the second or the third, maybe less debatable or more debatable on Josh Allen. Because I feel like Josh Allen could probably fall four, maybe five. But. I would I would just say this as far as drafting quarterbacks goes, unless it's to the point where like, okay, I've got good players. I've got I'm confident with this position. I'm confident with this. I'm confident at running back, receiver, and tight end right now. And Patrick Mahomes is still on the board. Then you take him. But until that point, don't be the guy that takes Patrick Mahomes. Because you right. can, you know, usually that's going to start the run on quarterbacks. And that run on quarterbacks may not start until after Patrick Mahomes is taken. And you right. can get Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, just just a couple picks later, you know, just a round later. And that could be all the difference. Right. Yep. hundred percent agree. 
Also wanted to mention as far as the second and third rounds goes, if you want, now we already mentioned Kelsey and he's going to go in the first round without much doubt, especially maybe, maybe top of the second, but he's going, most of the time he's going in the first round. But if you want one of the big three and the other members of the big three, we talked about our tight end tiers earlier, but, and I'm in unison with you, Waller and Kittle are in a tier by themselves. They're below Kelsey, and but they're much far – not far superior, but pretty solidly superior. They're, to a, they're the, a very uh, – yeah. it's, a, it's a couple rounds. It's at right. least three yeah. rounds, maybe At least more. three. Yep. But if you want a Waller or a Kittle, you are going to have to take them in the second or the third round. Yeah. I'd probably, right. Like if you're picking around probably like 20 – anywhere in the 20s, I'd feel, I wouldn't feel confident taking Darren Waller in the teens or Kittle in the teens just because there's still right. top end wide like top, top end wide receivers, top end running backs still available, and those players are still more valuable. Right. Yeah. Um, but according to ADP, Waller and Kittle are going at the top of the second round. But I usually in the both the drafts I've done and the mocks that I've seen, they fall to the third. They tend to fall to the third. But according to ADP on ESPN, top of the second. But if you want one of these top three tight ends, which, I mean, having a premium on tight end is a really big deal. I would definitely take a tight end to premium over a quarterback premium any day of the week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I would rather – if I would, ta- I would rather take Waller or Kittle over Patrick Mahomes 100%. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, all day. All day. So if you want one of those top three guys, you're going to have to invest a first, second, or third round pick on Waller, Kittle, or Kelsey. So, all right. Well, let's dive into the fourth and fifth round and what we're looking for and our tiers as far as everyone goes. And when you start to get to the fourth and fifth round, it's basically necessity. Like what kind of holes do you have left? Like I tend to go fourth round, I want to fill my running back and receiver slots first before I do anything tight end debatable, like depend, like I'm going to fill with my fourth round pick. I'm going to fill either the tight end spot or the was second wide receiver spot a hundred percent of the time. And if a guy like Josh Allen is still on the board though, I'm taking him. Like the strategy that I would recommend when you start getting here is let the board come to you. Like, Start taking yeah, that's, the best available guy at a position of need. That's yeah. That was kind of what I was going to follow. You know, let's say let's say you miss out on tight end. You go running back, running back, receiver. Then with that fourth round pick, you're probably going to be looking at you know maybe the Amari Cooper, Julio, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, some of those guys. Or maybe you know you want to go super running back heavy because it's not the worst thing in the world to have three like legitimate running backs on your team, because not only are they going to put up the points for you, but some, when you do that, other people in your league will eventually need running backs. When you walk, like somebody could walk out, they feel great because they got the top two wide receivers and Kelsey and, or two of the top two wide receivers and Kelsey, two of the top wide receivers and Kelsey. (laughs) Um, 
when they walk out with those guys, but they are looking at, you know, Chase Edmonds and Miles Gaskin at running back, they're going to, they're going to give you a call and you will be able to charge that price because they don't have anything, you know, at the running back position. And it's so valuable because of points per reception and all that able to score more points than receivers. Right. Yeah. Once you're getting to the fourth and fifth round, if you're going, if you're looking for your second running back here, you're in deep shit. Like, because the options that you have at running back, like you said, it's like Gaskin, who might there's a possibility that Gaskin might even be the third, the third string running back on his team this year. There's a possibility. Do I think that's going to happen? No, but I think Miles Gaskin's going to start if we're talking about personal Miles my, Gaskin opinions. But there's a possibility that he's the third best running back on his team. So yeah. it's dismal once you get to this point, as we love to say. So, but like I said going second receiver in the fourth round or depending on what tight end is doing at that time, maybe going to tight end. So let's hop into our wide receiver tiers deeper in. So I will go off and read mine. So as far as fourth and fifth round goes, you're starting to look at your high end wide receiver twos and your low end wide receiver twos. Like I said, so high end wide receiver twos, Number one, I've got Robert Woods, who I think is going to have a great year behind Matt Stafford. Bobby Trees. Then I've got Amari Cooper coming in number two. Then I've got Julio Jones, Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen, DJ Moore. In that order, as far as high-end wide receiver two goes. So what you got? So I think I was a little bit more strict than you as far as ranking ever. Just you know, based on the other ones and these as well. So my high-end wide receiver twos, Terry McLaurin. Then this is tough because the draft situation, like him right now, Michael Thomas is right after Terry McLaurin when he's healthy, but it's going to be hard. Like I am. I'm not right. I'm not drafting Michael Thomas this year. I got Michael Thomas as a throw in for a trade, which was great. So, you know, if I build a good team, then Michael Thomas comes back and he, you know, returns to his former self. Great. Don't go running back, running back, tight end, solid receiver, and be like, oh, well, I've got Michael Thomas coming back. Do not bank on that happening. Right. It's something nice to have. Right. Like if you can get Michael Thomas way late, yes, go for it. But don't bank on it. And Super negative Thomas, vibes out of Michael Thomas this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Like, it, it's scary. Like, if there are good players on the board, I'm not taking Michael Thomas. But if he is – One like, of my favorite late-round flyers, though. Oh, like, yeah, Definitely. High potential guys that could potentially – that's what you're looking for in the late rounds. And ADP is obviously different because, you know, it's it's different than rankings just because it's what the average person is doing. But, like, fantasy pros who takes, you know, rankings from, like, hundreds of different experts has Michael Thomas at, like, 95. Like, they're way down on Michael Thomas, but obviously people are going to see the name Michael Thomas still available in the seventh round, and they're going to take him as a flyer but anyway after michael thomas i have amari cooper julio jones mike evans robert woods then cd lamb wow and then adam thielen see if i'm if i'm walking out of a draft with with cd as my wide receiver one very happy very happy and you're saying different yeah i'm like okay he's okay Okay, anyway, we already talked about CD. Anyway, but okay, okay, you got – and Mike Evans, 
we have differing opinions on Mike Evans. We've talked about it already, but I mean, you're not going to be able to get Michael Evans, eh, Mike Evans in the fourth or fifth round anyway. So yeah. we already went over this, but okay. So as far as low end wide receiver two goes, I've got, which is also fourth or fifth round territory. Um, I actually, as far as like, I would rather have, I mean, obviously I'd rather have one of the high end wide receiver twos in the fourth or the fifth round, but I don't think I'm going one of these low end wide receiver twos in the fourth or the fifth round. I yeah, think these, these are guys I, that you're yeah. start thinking about late fifth, early sixth. Right. Like you've got most of your team together. This is one of the holes you have to fill. Right. Exactly. And the guys that I'm looking for in the fourth and the fifth are the high end wide receiver twos that I listed and you listed. I'm looking for possibly a premium at quarterback at this point. Like if Josh Allen's still sticking around after I've drafted my first wide receiver, like after I've like I'm thinking in the fifth, if Josh Allen's still around, I'm taking him. If like Dak Prescott, like anyway, I'm thinking about quarterback here. I'm thinking about also tight end, which yeah. we should say we should hop into some of that. So yeah, I was I was gonna say like this is the point where like you planned on getting Waller, Kittle, or Kelsey, but they just you just couldn't grab them. So you know you want a good tight end. Like you're not going full in on like I will pick everything else and then I'll pick uh, Logan Thomas or Noah Fant at the end of the draft and just call it a tight end. This is probably where you'd begin to start looking at Mark Andrews, Hawkinson. Pitts is weird because I think people are a lot higher. Some people are a lot higher on Pitts, like people that don't uh, meticulously look at rankings, like weird people. Um, they're probably going to take Pitts a little bit earlier than he should go, just because there's a lot of hype around him, and he's one of he's probably the only guy out of those three that does have the upside to get into that elite of the elite tier. Exactly, and I think but, yeah. he at least finishes as productive as yeah. an Andrews, as a Hawkinson. Yeah. So I would much rather out of Andrews, Hawkinson, Pitts. And are we missing somebody? No, that's it. It's just, it's just okay. those three. So out of those three guys, I'm taking Pitts because of the upside. And I think his floor is at least what those guys are going to do. So before I dive back into my wide receiver tiers and Jaden's wide receiver tiers as well, after I take my second wide receiver, I'm looking at – I already mentioned the tight ends. And these quarterbacks I'm also looking at in the fourth or fifth round because, as I mentioned, you're basically – I want to start to fill my team out as a, at this point. Like, I want to have all my starting positions filled. Like, I don't want to fill my flex before I draft a quarterback and a tight end this year. So, the quarterbacks that I'm looking at in the fourth or the fifth round, and according to ADP, these are the guys that are sticking around till then. You've got Kyler Murray going at the top of the fourth, bottom of the third, depending. You've got Lamar Jackson going at the top or the middle of the uh, middle of the fourth. You got Aaron Rodgers going at the bottom of the fourth. Dak Prescott going at the top of the fifth. Russell Wilson going at the top slash the middle of the fifth, and Justin Herbert going at the bottom of the fifth. So, uh, generally, I'm looking to get these guys in more like the fifth sixth seventh round territory what are your thoughts yeah i've been so in one league i took patrick mahomes which i just said not to do but the other two leagues i was pretty sure especially 
this is this applies especially if you're in an eight-man league because there are eight elite quarterbacks. So unless you are, you know, super high on Allen or Mahomes or Lamar or one of those guys, be the last guy to take a quarterback. That's at least what I've done. Um, if you can get her, cause nobody's going to take a backup quarterback while there are still solid skill positions on the board. And even if they do, you know, you're looking at Hertz, you're looking at Tannehill and yeah, that's probably a weakness of your team, but at least you're going to be deep in other places. Right. Um, I've been the last person to take a quarterback. I've taken, I've, I've got Herbert in two out of three leagues. If you can be the last guy to take a quarterback, Herbert's not going to have the elite consistency like Mahomes or Josh Allen, where they're guaranteed to give you 20 plus a week. Um, but he's going to be good enough, especially if you can surround it with a good team, which you will be able to if you wait that long for a quarterback. You should be fine with Herbert or even Hurts, Tannehill. Tannehill's a guy that I like. I would like to say yeah, I would probably – like. Hurts, I'm shaky on because I don't like him as a quarterback, but I understand the fantasy appeal. But Tannehill has been very good for the last two years, and not enough people are talking about it. We just added Julio Jones. If you're in like 10, 12-man leagues, do not be afraid to wait for Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Or a guy like, I mean, like wait for guys like, I'm cool with drafting Tannehill, or I'm cool with having a guy like Joe Burrow. Like, if they're your starting quarterback, I, there's so many as, starting As long as you're surrounding it with a good team, right? which, right. like I said, you will probably be able to if you wait that long. Because having a premium at quarterback is not that big of a deal. Because yeah. that, like, that's the same thing in our league. Like, yeah, you mind, wouldn't mind having a swap, but you can only play one. So, right. like, I mean, there's – And no, they're going to put no up 20 anyway, league. you know? Yeah. It's going to like, be a consistent 20 unless you get somebody who, like, like I remember last year I walked out of the draft with Carson Wentz and Cam Newton, and if I finished the season with Carson Wentz and Cam Newton, I would have been in last place. <laughs> but <laughs> I, luckily I flipped Cam Newton after those first two, like, 25-point weeks. But not to scare you off from everything that I just said. But <laughs> Don't take Cam Newton and Carson yeah. Wentz at the bottom of yeah. the draft this year. No. We can both confidently say that. So, all right. Well, we've covered the strategy and what you're looking to do. So let's dive into our tiers and let's get them out of the way full fledged. So you want to start with the wide receiver tiers? Yeah. So okay. I already went over my high end wide receiver twos. Then I've got my low end, which DJ Moore, who I considered putting in high end, but I really like DJ Moore this year. I'm just not quite there yet. Uh, Tyler Lockett, Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, Chase Claypool, Brandon Ayuk, Robbie Anderson, and Kenny Galladay. And then I have Odell Beckham in inconsistent flex because he is very, very inconsistent, and so is Tyler Lockett, but I like Tyler Lockett. A whole lot better. I like Tyler Lockett a whole yeah. lot better. Yeah, there are some, like, you're either you're either on the Tyler Lockett train or you're not. Because yeah. he's either going to give you 50 points or he's not. Yeah, and that is correct. I, you know, I'd much rather have him. I'd much rather have a bomb in my bomb shelter. And, you know, if it goes off, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm prepared. I'm, I've got him. Then <laughs> him be a bomb in someone else's starting lineup and screw me. There you go. I agree. I would rather have a nuclear bomb waiting and possibly have it not go off some weeks. Then have a 
bullet. I, I thought about this strategy when I was trying to grenade. argue this to other people, and I'm thinking like, what is the downside of not having a nuclear bomb go off? There is no. Exactly. If I have the nuclear bomb, I I want it to not go off. So that analogy, <laughs> like, I'm work. like trying to think about. Yeah, this I know things. that analogy doesn't work, but. No, I get what you're saying. You're on the right track. You're on the right yeah. track. I agree. Well, go ahead and read off the rest of your – well, let's compare low-end wide receiver twos. Well, we don't have to compare. Let's just lift them off. But we can have some discussion. But I agree. I'm high on Tyler Lockett. But as far as low-end wide receiver two goes, I have – I put DJ Moore in the high-end wide receiver two. Like you said, you were debating it. But I put DJ Moore at the bottom. So, switch. They're like, he could swap. But anyway, low-end wide receiver twos. Kenny Galladay at number one, T Higgins, number two, Brandon Ayuk, number three, Robbie Anderson, number four, Chris Godwin, number five, Tyler Lockett, number six. Oh, where is Adam Thielen at? Uh, Adam Thielen's in the high end wide receiver twos, okay. right above uh, DJ Moore. Oh, I must have missed him. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Also, I, I'll get into it later. Well, I can just get into it right now. Kenny Galladay, really quickly. Huge fan of Kenny Galladay this year. One thing that a lot of people preach is you got to follow the money. And Kenny Galladay was signed to four years, $72 million. And if you don't think that they're not – and Kenny Galladay, besides last year, athletically, you just go watch the tape. He's like Megatron, like Megatron Light. And Megatron Light, I'll take Megatron Light 100%. And four years, $72 million, that is a fat contract for a receiver. And if you don't think they're going to use him to his full potential this year, I don't know what to tell you. Huge fan of Kenny Galladay. I think he'll creep, possibly creep into the wide receiver once. I agree. Yeah, I have. I had him in one of our leagues, and then I have him stashed on my bench in another league. The only reason why I got rid of him was because I wasn't confident about him starting. Right. But if you have him like way like later, because a lot of people are sleeping on him because he just went to a, I wouldn't call the Giants a low market team, but nobody's talking about the Giants. And there's just not a lot of hype around him. And he has hype level talent. There's a, he was the ninth best receiver the year before last when he was healthy. So I definitely think that if you can get a late, you can take a late round flyer on Kenny Galladay, he might be your, he might finish as your wide receiver one. Right. Exactly. I love the potential. Like, that's what you're looking for, lay route guys. High floor guy, or not high floor, like high floor guys, not as sexy. You're looking at the guys that could finish at a top five, top 10 at their yeah. position. And I think Kenny Galladay is one of those guys. So let's continue on with our wide receiver tiers, which you got as the flex. So, in my inconsistent flex, which are just guys that, you know, if you have to flex them, I guess do it, but I wouldn't be overly confident starting them. Uh, OBJ again could very well go into wide receiver, the low end wide receiver two category. Cortland Sutton, Juju, T. Higgins, Corey Davis follow the money. Marvin Jones follow the money. Mm-hmm. Jerry Judy, Devonte Smith, A. B. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Will Fuller, wow. Chark. That's a big Gallup. flex category. <laughs> Gallup, Cooks, Debo Samuel, Tyler Boyd, and Curtis Samuel. It's holy. F- fuck 
<laughs> I, I just can't feel like my bet the bench there's like a significant like okay because like the first guy off on the bench is like christian kirk and i'm not replacing christian kirk with any of those guys and it's not even close so like right. i couldn't feel confident putting them in the same tier but right. okay yeah understood understood like okay. if i have to flex curtis samuel i'm just i'm i'm throwing in the week like that's it i'm i've lost dude if i'm flexing curtis samuel i feel i feel pretty decent about it i feel and i'll get into that right now so as far as flex goes, I've got a number one, Cortland Sutton, number two, Tyler Boyd, who I think I love Tyler Boyd this year. I think people are way too low on him. He people regard him as one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. And if you don't think he's going to be used Jamar Chase, sure. Yeah, go Jamar Chase. I I'm not rookie wide receivers don't do what Justin Jefferson did. They don't do it. Historically, what rookie wide receivers do not play very well in the first year. Sophomore year, breakout, 100%. Like that, in fantasy, that is a general rule of thumb. Rookie wide receivers are not hot stuff. And if you think that Jamar Chase is going to do what Justin Jefferson did, he's not going to. Justin Jefferson was the most wide abnormal abnormality that – has happened in fantasy in a while so but anyway Corlin Sutton number one Tyler Boyd number two Chase Claypool number three Debo Samuel number four Corey Davis number five and I agree follow the money I feel pretty good about Corey Davis this year especially in the later rounds Brandon Cooks I also feel good about he's coming in right after Corey Davis for me in the flex category I feel good about Brandon Cooks just because if you look at his stats he pretty much consistently finished with a thousand yards receiving. And, and if you look at his team, it's very, very sad. Right. And there's not, there's not many other options as far as offensive weapons. Brandon Cook should be the only Texans player that you select unless you want to take Deshaun Watson in case he gets, you know, I agree with that. something happens and he ends up playing. But Brandon, and Cook if you want to take a Texan. flyer on, a running back, possibly like you could try to pick the number one running back in Houston. Like who? Who? What's his name? Dude, I have heard many people say that Philip Lindsay has a really solid chance of being the number one in Houston this year. The number one in fantasy. because you know why? You know why he had consecutive thousand yard rushing seasons, and you can't roll out of bed and do that shit, Jaden. You can't let him go. <sighs> Wait, what? There's a reason the Broncos let him go. Yeah, because uh, they have Melvin Gordon. And then they drafted Javante Williams. They replaced him. We'll see. We'll see. I think Philip Lindsay has the best chance of being a running back one. Okay. All right. All right. This is not a Philip Lindsay podcast. Everything is a Philip Lindsay podcast. After Brandon Cooks in the flex category, I have Curtis Samuel, who you were talking shit about but i feel pretty good about curtis samuel and the flex just because he's a deep threat and as i did say that we're not going to be airing it out but we needed another receiver and we went out and signed him for a reason follow the money michael thomas coming in right behind curtis samuel in my flex category as the bottom guy in the flex category and i wanted to mention you seem particularly high on obj and i agree that he has the potential to finish as a top 10 wide receiver. I hate him. I have him on the bench category. Oh, dude, come on. Behind Curtis Samuel. 
behind four different receivers on the Jesus, bench category. Dude, come on. Dude, okay, so typically this Shanahan-style offense where, you know, it creates those wide zone runs, and, like, that's why I like Chubb. It also does a lot for the best wide receiver on the team. And I would like to think that, you, you know, OBJ is one of the most talented receivers in the league. I get it. I get it. You, but where, like, where is it at? Show me the money, baby. Show me the money. What have you done for me lately, Mr. OBJ? Nothing. Diddly squat. Diddly squat. He hasn't done anything. And that ever since he played in New York, dude, he hasn't done anything. So if you want to get off the bench on my fantasy teams, I'm not taking OBJ at cost in any of my leagues this year. Show me what you got, dude. I haven't seen anything. At least Michael Thomas was two years ago. Like OBJ – OBJ oh, yeah. was a story. He hasn't done anything since the catch, bro. He hasn't done anything since the catch. And I know that's not true, but <laughs> he hasn't done anything since he got in Cleveland. And why wide receiver moving teams, that does not sometimes turn out very well. And I think this is a perfect case. The money. If you – yeah, you pay him because he's potentially one of the top. But shit, what have you done for me lately? And it's not like it's a, it was his first year in the system. He's been playing for the Browns for what, three years? No, last year was his second year and he tore his ACL. Okay, whatever. What did he do for that? Wait, what did he do in the first year? Of Cleveland? He, didn't, he didn't play great. Squat. He didn't play great. He had to adjust. Let him adjust. And then he tried to adjust and tore his ACL. No, thanks. No, thanks. Keep you OBJ off my teams. But okay. all right. Bench category, what you got? Uh, this was like these were players that you know barely we can just rattle these off real quick, yeah. Too. Like, unless Christian you have Kirk, somebody, Mike you Williams, want. Hollywood, Michael Pittman, Jamison Crowder, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. I think it's Traquan Smith, T.Y. Hilton, Brian Edwards, and MVS and Lazard. The, these players are barely draftable, like in deeper leagues, you know, maybe, but you shouldn't really be rostering any of these guys or at least not expecting anything promising. Right. No, I agree. I agree. So bench category for me, Juju Smith Schuster, number one. I like to put him on my bench. That would so that why is happy. why is what does Tyler Boyd do better than Juju? What's up? Fantasy numbers for starters. What did Tyler Boyd do last year? Take a look, big fella. Oh, I'm looking. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm I'm gonna research okay. this. Juju Smith-Schuster, Jamar Chase, DJ Chark, Michael Gallup, OBJ, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, want to mention, he was arguably the best talent in the draft besides Kyle Pitts. So I think Jalen Waddle with Tua as quarterback, I think he does. I like Jalen like Waddle too. Yeah. I think, he does I think if they use him correctly, he will be pretty good. Also, like you said, Marvin Jones following the money. I think Marvin Jones is a solid pick this year. Nelson Aguilar, Will Fuller, Mike Williams, Hollywood Brown, Michael Pittman, Devontae Smith. And the reason I have Devontae Smith last is because I'm not touching any eagle with a 100-foot pole this year because of the sadness of that franchise. So Okay, so Tyler Boyd has finished – last year he finished 29th, lower than Juju. Uh, in 2019, he finished 18th. And in 2018, he finished 16th. That is his highest ever ranking. He has never ranked higher than 16th. 
Um, yeah. Okay. Well, at least he doesn't dance on logos. No, at least he. Has I don't want like- personally. I don't know if anybody agrees with me listening. I don't want to see my fantasy football player dancing on the logo and then getting absolutely, absolutely obliterated by the safety and causing a fumble. Maybe I don't want to see my guys fumble. Maybe out of players like that. I, that just makes me embarrassed. Like I don't want to have that guy on my team. Maybe if you had more players like that last year, you might have won the the league or. Solid. Solid. Yeah. See that? Catch me this year, bro. Okay. Catch me this year. Anyway, that finishes up the wide receiver tiers. Let's dive into our running back tiers. So, we didn't dive into our high-end running back twos yet, right? I think I got mine. Okay. I don't know Let me read yours. off mine real quick. High-end running back twos, Chris Carson. It's hard to find running backs that are, at our, in a league of – or solidly have the job you know like there's no questions about whether or not chris carson has the job so i like chris carson this year i put him above jk dobbins who comes in second on my list i like jk this year though david montgomery comes next and we already talked about david montgomery ceh comes in after david montgomery then it's josh jacobs who josh jacobs Kenyon drake is scary there Kenyon drake could breach into some of his touches for sure and then Miles Sanders behind Josh Jacobs. And like I said before, I'm not touching an eagle this year. So let's hop into the low end RB2s. What you got? Uh, yeah, mine is kind of short. Uh, Daryl Henderson, Josh Jacobs, Gaskin, and Edmonds. And then – You're still putting Daryl Henderson in low end RB2, huh? Yeah, offensive coordinator just said today that they think that he's going to have a huge role. I, I just don't think Michelle's going to be like – crazy good for them like I, okay. I i think it was just a depth thing more than anything but i will say though i wouldn't start him but please please do yourself a favor draft cream hunt yeah just, just just draft cream hunt just do it i agree i agree because the debate the the thing with cream hunt who i also have on my low nrb2s list and i might even have to adjust his ranking even higher like cream hunt is going to give you production like running back to flex production, despite Incons- Nick Chubb inconsistently, albeit, but yeah, yeah, because yeah, he finished as running back eleven last year, and Chubb only missed four games. Right, like he yeah. was that good, and he's going to. And this is you cannot say this about any other running back. Like he's going to give you really solid production, despite having a Nick Chubb on that team, yeah. but also. If Nick Chubb is out for any reason, Kareem Hunt's a top five back. I was just about to say the exact same thing. So that okay. you cannot say that about anybody Any, else in this yeah. draft. So I agree totally in on Kareem Hunt this year. Do yourself a favor and draft him. Low end, low end running back twos this year. For me, I got, and I'm probably going to have to adjust this, but I've got Mike Davis coming in at number one on the low end RB twos just because. He is in a backfield by himself this year, and I feel good about those guys, just like I feel good about Chris Carson. Um, then I have Kareem Hunt. Then I have Miles Gaskin, who we talked about earlier, and then I have Chase Edmonds, Edmonds, so who I think is going to get some serious comp from James Conner this year. So, all right, flex category. What you got for running backs? Uh, like I said, Kareem Hunt, but 
it's weird with him. Mike Davis I have there just because I don't think he's very good at all. I just think that because you could see I can't argue his, with that. his numbers went down and down and down every week. Like the first week after McCaffrey went down, he was great. And then it just kept falling off and off. He's just not very good. He got a starting job. That's really the only reason you draft him. Right. Mostert, who it's weird because Sermon's there. Then I have both Bills running backs, uh, Devin Singletary. Why am I blanking on his name? Zach Moss. Zach Moss. Uh, Ronald Jones, Melvin Gordon, Damian Harris, Trey Sermon, and Javante Williams. In the flex category. This is, again, I'm being very generous with the flex. Just okay. These are like, because if I, if I think bench, I'm thinking like, oh, I don't want to take this player, but he's probably the best player available. Okay. Understood. Understood. For my flex, I've got James Conner coming in at number one. Like I said, I think that James Conner is going to have not like, an absolutely fantastic year, but you look at what he did in Pittsburgh, not particularly last year, but like at the beginning of last year, very productive. And the year before that, very productive, like a top 10 back in the league. So the talent's there, but there is injury concern. And there's always been an injury concern, but. And there's a running back in front of him currently. Right. But you look at the way Pittsburgh ran James Conner and the way Pittsburgh runs all of their running backs, it's you're on the field every down, you know, and you're just going forward, you know, and that'll be great for Najee because, I mean, he's a rookie, but, like, it hurt. Uh, that's hard to do. That's hard to, to say, like, stay out of injury with a system like that. So I expect good things out of James Conner this year. Then following him, I have Raheem Mostert. Zach Moss, who I preferred to Devin Singletary. Uh, after Zach Moss, Lenny Fournette, Ronald Jones, who I preferred Lenny over Ronald just because of what Lenny did in the playoffs last year and the potential that Lenny has. Um, then I have Damian Harris. Then I have Javante Williams over Melvin Gordon, who comes right after him. But I think Javante will have the job by the end of the year. I agree. I kind of like, I think Javante Williams and uh, Trey Sermon, I both threw in at the end of that. Just, I right. had them in bench, but. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And then I have Daryl Henderson. Uh, finishing off the flex category, just because I do think that. Sony Michelle, they said they traded for him for a reason. Like, it's not even like they picked him up off the street. Like they traded for him. So I think that Sony Michelle is going to have a hell of a role this year. Not like not top 20, but he's going to definitely because Daryl Henderson. We could talk about this real quick. Daryl Henderson last year. Did you see anything great out of Daryl Henderson? Did you see no. anything that because people have been putting him in the top 15, like even Matthew Barry. And I'm like, did you see a top 15 back last year out of Daryl Henderson? I did not. I did not. He was splitting carries with Malcolm fucking Brown. Like, come on. I agree. I agree. But I just, I think now with Stafford there, that offense just gets elevated and he's just a player that has a starting job on it. Arguably now, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I get what you're saying. Maybe I'm, I'm just holding out hope because I have him in a league and he's like my third running back and I just would like for him to do good. Hey, but, third running back. I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. All right. Bench, what you got? Uh, David, you know what? Philip Lindsay, then David Johnson, just for the sake of the podcast. There you go. Kenyon Drake, Gus Edwards, uh, Naeem Hines, who uh, 
like last pick of the draft, if you can grab Naeem Hines or even just in the waiver wire, Naeem Hines might get some significant play even with Jonathan Taylor there. I See, like I got to disagree with you. I, I got to disagree with you. Like, I, I know. You look, but... Naheem Hines is strictly, they do not run him. They do not put him in running situations. He is a patch catching back purely. And even with that, like, he's not on the field all the time catching passes. Like, he is very spotty. I would rather have, when it comes to guys like Naheem Hines, you don't know when that 20 perform, uh, twenty point. Oh, yeah, I agree. So I'd rather have a low floor running back or a high floor running back than a high ceiling guy. Like I'm just saying like doesn't even run when high floor guys are gone. Then start looking at nine mines. I actually had James Conner pretty low. I don't know why, because you did make a lot of good points about him. So, you know, maybe he might be a little bit higher. Uh, Gus Edwards, Michael Carter, Leonard Fournette, AJ Dillon, and then ETN was still in it because he. Yeah injury and that whole thing but right um for me on the bench i got trey sermon who i agree with you i feel great about trey sermon this year i think he possibly could take over the job from raheem i, I um, wish he didn't get drafted because i love raheem i love Mostert. he's my guy so kind of makes me sad but whatever yeah san francisco loves that multiple running back oh yeah so um devin singletary Kenyon drake David Johnson, AJ Dillon, Gus Edwards, and Michael Carter. So, all right. Well, I think that finishes. I think that wraps our fantasy special. What you think, bro? Pretty solid. We, yeah. We bounced pretty much all over the place in the yep. longest episode we've ever had. Yeah. But more good fantasy things to come. I do think that we might do a lot of fantasy content this year because of how oh, yeah. into it we've gotten. 100%. This will be almost as far as football goes, this will be a, a, a fantasy geared podcast yeah. almost. Like, yeah, we will include a lot of fantasy. I definitely agree. So, yeah. yeah. There's our fantasy special, one of our longest episodes yet, but a lot of solid content. Hopefully, we have some first timers listening that got a few good tips. Um, some old timers who maybe have some drafts left. You know, there it is. The content all out for you. So next time we're coming at you with the rest of the NFC and then we've got football season, baby. So look forward to it with that. Catch you guys later. Deuces.